This episode 1025, and it's a relevant podcast here in Orlando. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and joining me from Loverland, Virginia, it's Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. From Nashville, Tennessee, artist, producer, mogul, Derek Miner. Hello, hello. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, down the street uh, there in Nashville, downtown Emily Brown is joining us, but she's wrapping up an interview with Beth Moore right now. So she's oh, she's gonna be a few oh, minutes oh, okay. late. Okay. Oh, okay. So, I didn't. You know. So okay. Auntie, Auntie Beth, Auntie Beth uh, took you know ran long. So you know. I mean, you know. Okay. God bless Beth Moore. By the way, I'm not even I'm not even on Twitter that much. Right. You know, I, I'm more of a lurker. It, yeah. it just I just you know my contributions to the content world at this point are pretty much restricted. I I save my takes for this, Cameron. I see your takes generally are just. Orlando Magic insider knowledge or <laughs> debating with like Kyle Saruti for, or, or like or some like notable yeah. magic media personality yes, or yes, whatever. That's true. Like uh where where I just save my takes. But I'm on there enough just because I like to be in the know. I like to see what's happening. I like to see what Elon's, you know, uh his, you know, what whatever he's kicking up over there. Yeah. But is there anyone who is who takes more sorry i'm just gonna say it, more crap from random people on twitter than beth moore and handles it with such grace poise and and honestly like for for as like funny and sharp as she is like genuine christ-likeness like in that yeah. she's never like insulting people but even though she's on the forefront it's pretty impressive the way that she deals with trolls i'm not gonna lie i don't get it i don't get it i like when i see how some people talk to her I'm just like, I can't wrap my head around what that person was thinking to do that or say that, you know, like to treat somebody that way. It's crazy. If you would have rewound like, I don't know, 10, 15 years in my mind, and this is no shade on Beth Moore. She's been very successful uh, writer and teacher. But I usually thought of her as like, at the time, my main frame of reference is like a lot of like women's mom centric Bible studies. Like, oh, it's a Beth Moore. If you would have told me 15 years ago, she would become one of the number one lightning rods in terms of like Christian thought leaders who are really, uh, I would have been shocked, but I am a huge fan and I'm so stoked she's on the show. I really admire. Well, and she's not, today, on, she's you, not on the show. Did. She's not on the show today. She's oh, on the, oh, like well, a future she, show. She, well, she'll be at the show at some point. At but some the point. crazy part about it though is the people that's always dissing her are the same. If I feel like it's the same dude. Like it's 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 always the same dude. It's the guy with this goatee. Uh, it's it's partially gray. He has on some uh he has on some baseball uh goggles or like the baseball shades that you uh-huh. put. On the, uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. He's wearing some. He's wearing Air Monarchs. You know what I'm saying? And <laughs> it's like, and I'm like, I'm like, bro, I'm like, dog, you got a whole family to raise, bro. You got a, you got a wife and kids. Like your wife and kids are watching you, man. Like, why are you acting this way? I know, Beth right? More like, like if this was real life, they would send you to jail. Like you, like somebody would, like somebody. If you were talking to her like this in the grocery store, like there would be some guys that would be like, man, I'm gonna beat this dude up. And I'm like, bro, you acting like this. In front of the whole world. This is this is real talk. 
uh, you know, it, it's there's no one, there's no segment of the population where it's easier to live rent free in their heads than like the Theo bros, like theology oh, bros, my goodness, like bro. the ones that kind of lean a little bit more fun. And I'm not like bashing them. Like people should be able to believe and think. Oh yeah, whatever I forgot. They yeah, they got that ugly uh, gray suit where half of it is is kind of disheveled, and they got like a red or. Peach but not shirt. even just them. Not even just them. Some of the younger ones, some of the one, younger ones that are kind of run in some of those like reformed. Yeah. And I, th- I'm not like talking about a, anybody who has any theological leaning. I but some, am. But, but you know jerks. the type I'm talking about. Like it's yeah. like dudes who work for like the Babylon Bee. It's like you can say one yes. thing and live rent free. And then they just will randomly go off on Beth, Beth Moore, even though she did nothing to them. It's like they just get obsessed with minor what they perceive as like minor slights either to their theology or their values and just call stuff on Twitter for no reason. Mm-hmm. A- am I wrong here? No, you're dead no, on. And I'm not even going to lie. Listen, I'm like, I saw Cameron sent me this post. I think he retweeted it. And it was this dude that said, uh, this is the guy that disses Beth Moore. Yeah. Yeah. It's the guy that says, he has. He says, if you're an alpha male, you don't have to announce it or something. And then in his Twitter name, it's his name in parentheses, Alpha, alpha male. male. It alpha is male. that guy. It, it is is a dude yeah. that's like, bro. This is not what an alpha male acts like, bro. You are like, you are way too sensitive. The tweet was a real alpha male doesn't have to announce he's an alpha male when he walks in the room. Everybody knows it, and his use his name was his name with alpha male in it. I was like, you're literally <laughs> announcing that you think you're an alpha male. Shouldn't we just know it? Oh, it's so great, it's so great. The, the cell phone is the best cell phone ever. No. <laughs> it's like for those people, the biggest issues facing. America right now are drag queens at brunches and <laughs> Disney Disney recasting a character to be like yeah a black, not white. Like yeah. A black oh. little mermaid like <laughs> and, and, and like and, and slights against masculinity those are the issues that we That's should be it. actually or, or, or like or what's what's actually on the shelves at your public library school it's like those are the issues that are sweeping the country in this little weird corner that just uh-huh. likes to randomly go off on Beth Moore sometimes <laughs> i'm sorry i'm ranting here but i yes. don't feel like i don't feel like i'm misrepresenting totally the the uh, the the trend that's out there did you yeah, speaking uh, of libraries totally unrelated did you see kurt cameron has a uh, christmas book kids christmas book out and he called a library to say, hey, I'd like to come and do, read my book for your kid's story hour. And they were like, oh, no, it's a religious book. We can't do that, whatever. And so then he went online talking about how he's being persecuted and cancel culture and all this stuff. Because he called a library and they said, no, thank you. We don't need you to come read this kid's your book. Like, he, like, it's victim mentality. Everything's like out to get Let's us get and it. stuff like relevant, relevant magazine. Hot. Let's I had, a, I had a whole nother banter take this, this, <laughs> this folks behind the curtain. This is just organic. We just all, I think all three of us had to vent for what we've seen. All <laughs> the Cause I'm like, of all the people you could be mad at Beth Moore literally could get on there and just say, Hey guys, it's a beautiful day and it's sunny outside. And I just love spending time by well, myself in the park. And, 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 and the response would be this. Notice what she didn't say about God's ability to save you from sin. Mm, telling. And you're like, 
this poor woman is just out here trying to get some coffee and latte in time with God. And Daryl is going crazy in her. Daryl is going crazy in her Avenue, bro. The thing that I don't get about those people, not those people, but like people in general on Twitter who pick fights all the time or criticize every post the person like the trolls you know what i mean right it's not just those guys there's every there's trolls everywhere it's like why why do you want to live your life following accounts that trigger you and upset you why don't you just let bygones be bygones let them live in their lane you live in your lane and don't follow them you know i get that people have disagreements and want to like they get triggered but it's like why are you doing that to yourself just let Beth Moore live on her ranch and enjoy her bees and the dogs and the <laughs> trees that she looks at and takes pictures of sometimes. It's like, That's let her what I'm live. Saying. There's so many, there's so many people that live rent free in these people's heads <laughs> That's what I'm that saying. are just like, I, they, they stay up at night stewing over someone that they've probably never met. And then they decide to get on Twitter and like pick a weird fight. You know, Dog, it, imagine it, Mickey Mouse triggering you to the level of you go argue about Disney on everything you see with Disney, bro. Imagine being triggered by a cartoon mouse to that a level. That's crazy. The yeah, best thing yeah. I ever did was a couple of years ago when everything was so heated and everybody was so arguing on social media. It's just like unfollow all of it. I hit a hard reset on my follower, like what I followed, because it's like I'm all basketball and jokes. That's literally my Twitter feed. And I, I love it. But it was before I yeah, hated man. going on Twitter because it was all negative mm-hmm. and heavy yeah. and people were arguing. And it's like, you know what? I'm just going to turn all that off. And uh, it's like, yeah. I feel happier and lighter. And I can joke around about the magic being terrible. And it's all good. You know what I mean? It's like, people, why follow the stuff that triggers you? Yeah, exactly. Because the biggest grenade you're going to say is like, Bull Bull's better than Chet Holgram. And guess what? No one's going to come after you personally right. for that take. That is a though, hot take, and I agree with you. <laughs> I mean, honestly, right now, if you were to have either player. Take Bull Bull all day long, on, man. Now. All right. You know, 20 and 9 the other night. (laughs) We have a great show in store for you today. Coming up later, Fitz and the Tantrums joins us. Love that band. Uh, That's coming up. No Beth Moore. She'll be in a future episode after we heavily edit the the interview that ran long. Who knows what they're talking about, but I'm sure it's hot. Um, All right. Fitz and Tantrums. Uh, Also, right after this, Emily will join us for Relevant Buzz. Stay tuned. to day glow the song is then it all goes away hey remember if you like the music on the show we have a playlist everything you everything you hear it's called heard on the relevant podcast it's over on spotify just go check it out it's good it's a good list there's lots of stuff there season four of the chosen is in theaters now and the reviews that count are in amazing did not disappoint flurry of emotions it was powerful heartbreaking uplifting you have got to come and see it it is a message for everybody i highly recommend that you come out and see the chosen season four episodes one through three of the chosen season four are in theaters till february 14th so visit thechosenriseup.com and get your tickets now that's thechosenriseup.com for tickets today okay it's time for 
Relevant Buzz. Please welcome to the show. She got here. Perfect timing. Uh, our very own downtown Emily Brown. Uh, tell us, well, before we get to what's happening at the intersection of faith and culture this week, before we get to the buzz, we got to know how to go with Beth Moore. Oh, it was great. Um, we both cried. So that's always a good goal to have. Um, it Wait, was what? just really great. What? Did Why you guys did you read like a really mean tweet? Something upsetting. <laughs> no, we did not read. No, no mean tweets were mentioned. Well, they were mentioned, but no mean tweets were shared. Um, no, we just, I don't know. There's something about two Texas women getting together. You just, it's just an emotional meeting. Um, it was good tears. It was happy tears. We we're just really nice to each other. Um, but that is definitely what probably going to be one of my most memorable interviews. Um, yeah, it was great. When you, when you <laughs> interviewed Fitz in the tantrums, did you cry? So, so no, um, <laughs> no offense if it's in the tantrums. It just wasn't as, um, as emotional, but I, I also wasn't expecting it to be emotional. So I knew, I kind of knew I was going to cry with Beth. There's just yeah. something about her. Emily, how, how, with what frequency do you cry in, 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 in interviews? I'm <laughs> because I'm trying well, to think. I can tell you in job interviews all the time. Yeah, that's was how she, I got the job. You? I just cried until yeah. they said, okay, fine, we'll yeah, hire okay, you. Fine. Yeah. So, this is so weird. If you'll stop, I'll hire you. This is awful. Please make it stop. That's what I said. Yeah, that's a little pro tip for anyone looking for a job. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't do that. But real talk, have you cried in an interview before with anyone? Um, have I cried in it? Oh, absolutely. I have. Yeah. I like that. I like that real emotional vulnerability. Oh, it's always great yeah. when I have to wipe my eye and say, sorry, this is just crying. Like, I think it's because I just want to go deep like i don't yeah. really want to do a lot of like fluff questions so we're going to talk about real things and i'm going to cry about real things and i'm not ashamed of that i used to be when i was younger i don't know why but i've learned to really embrace my emotions i think i'm getting emotionally healthy or maybe unhealthy i don't know maybe this is a sign that i need to do some it's work it's healthy <laughs> emily i you know i actually had a similar i might i'm going to take my son who's nine to see the new avatar when it comes out because i thought the first one with like the, the 3d experience was rad i remembered almost nothing about the plot but it's the, the first one's on disney plus so i told him like hey you should start watching it so we can when we go see it in 3d you'll know the plot and i woke up this morning i was drinking coffee and he's watching on disney plus and i came in during the home when when they're burning down home tree i don't know if you guys remember it's been about 13 years <laughs> since i saw avatar one time in the theater and I actually was getting kind of emotional for in that little five minute stretch. Maybe I'm just getting older. And, and, and to your point, Emily, the older you get, you know, they're just the more, you know, sensitive you are. But watching that home tree burn, whoo, watching those, those blue guys, whoo, <laughs> guys, hey, run that back sometime and you tell me. You tell me it's not emotional. Derek, you're not even acknowledging the pain. <laughs> yeah, I'm, of I'm, that uh, scene I'm out on this one. Y'all got it. Uh, this is uh, <laughs> yeah. I was I, I was lost. Like I remember when Avatar came out, and people was like, it was people crying and yeah, all of that. I was like Emotional. over over some blue people. <laughs> like it just it didn't make sense. The Navi, they're 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 a beautiful culture, Derek. Yeah, who've learned to live at oneness with the wilds of Pandora. So it's there's fake. a lot that we could learn. <laughs> it's not real. <laughs> there's a lot we can learn. Oh my gosh! Anyway, I don't want I don't want Avatar gang to come after me because they they probably pretty intense. You know what I'm saying? So I don't, don't want Avatar. You don't want that I'm smoke. All right, you don't want Avatar smoke. All right, moving the show along. What's happening this week at the intersection of faith and culture, Emily? 
Um, moving on from blue people, we're going to talk about real people now. Um, there, it, we're going to talk about Elon Musk. I know, I know, we talk about him a lot, but praise God, we're finally not talking about Twitter um, and how what he's doing over there. What he, we're going to talk about his Neuralink company because they are actually doing something that is pretty interesting. Um, a few years ago, they announced that they were going to start researching and creating um, an implant, a device that you can implant into your brain, um, which feels insane to say that we're at that point in technology. But uh, there was going to be a lot of different um, instant or uses for it. Um, a lot. One of the things that I know a lot of people really focused on was there was going to be this ability to like control a computer with your mind. So like if you wanted to play a song, you could just think it and it would automatically start playing um, or things like that. Just kind of very crazy, very dystopian, almost like, why are we investing billions of dollars into this? But yeah. that was a couple years ago. Recently, Elon Musk shared that the company is ready to move forward with human trials. And he shared that the first two things they're really going to focus on with these devices is helping people who um, need help restoring their vision and helping people with little to no ability of operating their muscles. So the way that it's going to work is it's going to be implanted and it'll be connected to neurons and potentially to like your spinal cord, kind of depending on what you need it for. It'll be connected and it can help improve your vision or just mobility. And that is huge. Like, you know, the fact that someone could have this chip, you know, this device implanted and then it can repair their vision or repair mobility. That's massive to me, at least. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's really interesting. I've also heard like implications for like pain alleviation and mm -hmm. things like that, where, you know, look, brain chemistry ultimately can break down but to, to like, you know, a really advanced sort of circuitry of electric, you know, uh, kind of energy going on in your head, like synapses firing and receptors kind of receiving things. I get people's concerns with the idea right. of, you know, kind of implanting some sort of digital device in your brain to, to manipulate how it functions, but it's not, you know, fundamentally too much different than, you know, altering that brain function chemically with, you know, with, you know, drugs that kind of work in very targeted specific ways, theoretically to, to help people with, you know, pain alleviation mm -hmm. or you know if you're if you're suffering from you know an ailment where medication helps you you know have you know improve your motor functions or something like that you know I, I don't think there's any kind of fundamental difference and look man if if this can offer people alleviation to some serious neurological issues right. hey it's it's cool obviously i understand why people you know would would be a little you know, apprehensive, but at the same time, I think there's a lot of promise there. Right. Yeah. And I, and I agree. Like I understand the, there could be maybe some ethical dilemma because obviously this could lead to something else that's controversial. But, you know, I think like I wear glasses every day. I've worn glasses since I was six years old. I don't know what it's like to wake up and just be able to see, like, I don't know what that experience is like. And, you know, there is the opportunity, you know, I could do like LASIK or I, I guess that's really actually only it. Um, but there is an option for me to improve my vision. And so knowing like, oh, I could also do this to improve my vision or just anyone, you know, kind of like you said, with dealing with pain or dealing with some sort of ailment, the fact that there could be a solution um, or something to help repair, I think is just 
massive. Just playing music in your head. That was weird. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. 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 I mean, I'm not opposed. Right. To, I mean, I feel like I sing songs in my head all day long, but um, sure. I'd rather be able to like, if you're, if I'm going to plant something in my brain, I want it to be able to let me see and get rid of these yeah, or, terrible glasses. Or your leg paralysis gets healed, you know? Sure. Sure. <laughs> it's yeah, worth it. I guess that's worth it. Yeah. yeah. What else you got? Um, I want to do a little bit of sort of myth busting or maybe tweet busting might be the better word mm. for it. Oh, um, you're getting into Jesse's lane now. Yeah. Let's hear yeah. it. So um, earlier this week, there was uh, some conversations going around mm. about CVS. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been sued for allegedly misusing donation funds. So last year, if you went to CVS at any time, you go to the checkout line and, you know, no, there's always now. Those, Oh, you now. can do it now too. Like it's yeah. still, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I ran into this the other, I went into the CVS to buy a COVID test. And and when I was checking, I did the self-checkout and it said, hey, do you want to round up? And I can't yeah. even remember what the cause was. The but ADA, it was like the Amer- American yeah. Diabetes Association. They've been right. doing this for a year. There's a class action lawsuit that has been filed yeah. against them, accusing CVS of fraud and not donating the funds that you give to the ADA. So this started a big tweet thing. Emily mm-hmm. and I were like, oh my goodness, scandal. We're breaking this wide open. Yeah. Right? Because so many people were talking about it just like, oh, I can't believe this. You know, I I give, you know, 87 cents, whatever it is, to CVS and they're not using it for what they said they were. Uh, so they've been sued for that. Uh, and that was a few months ago. The, the conversation has been going on for a while. But recently, CVS filed a motion to dismiss saying that the plaintiff who brought the suit up um, has basically just misinterpreted what was going on. So, so, okay. So what it was is last year, CVS made a commitment to the ADA. We, CVS, the CVS family is committing $10 million to the American Diabetes Association. Then what they did is let's go to our customers to participate in this. We'll raise as much as we can from all the customers donations, and then we will top it off to guarantee at least $10 million is going, Right. That was a commitment. And so that, uh, so all of your donations are part of that $10 million that is definitely going to the ADA. And if it exceeds $10 million, it's going to the ADA. The lawsuit is saying, no, CVS, you owe $10 million to the ADA and all of our customer donations are separate from your $10 million and you're keeping those reimbursing yourself. So it's like a mixture of words but the end of the day is cvs is trying to do the right thing and guarantee a minimum mm-hmm. donation and they're getting sued over it you know what i'm saying nope. like that's what i'm saying nope. people are miserable yeah they, they, they mad like it, it's like bro how frustrated with life nope. can you be that you are reading the contract on a pledge for ten million dollars to people with diabetes. Yes. I got I got a contrarian take here. I got a contrarian take oh. and a theory. Oh, okay. and a theory. Of course and a you theory. do. I think someone at CVS one day, it was probably at the Christmas party, okay? They were they were feeling loose, they're feeling good, they were in the spirit of the season, and they went Scott Stotts. Are you going okay? Scott Stotts? I knew you were going they went Scott Scott Stotts. Stotts. They went full Scott Stotts and they're like, we pledge 
$10 million. <laughs> and they're running around high five. We're going carbon neutral. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And and, and 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 Mariah Carey comes on and people are dancing and it's the greatest Christmas party ever. <laughs> that guy in the marketing department wakes up with like a Santa hat, like in the hallway on and like, what happened last night, man, at the CVS Christmas corporate party? And they're like, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you committed $10 million. You committed Tim to what? The American Diabetes Association? <laughs> like, okay. He's like, I got a plan. Don't worry. Don't sweat it. It's a simple roundup. It's a roundup. I'm not asking. I'm, I'm simply saying, hey, you, this is, you know, these these socks you're buying here at the checkout are $5.47. You want to round up that 53? No one's going to know. What could possibly go wrong? That's my theory. I have The crazy thing to me is like they sat there and said, hey, we're going to give our customers the opportunity to give to this. We believe in it. And they just wanted to make sure, like, what if the customers let us down and they only gave a million dollars? We want to make sure that the gift is at least $10 million. So they made the commitment first. That was apparently the mistake. You get sued now for stating the goal or the intentions of the campaign, mm-hmm. the fundraising campaign, is now they're getting sued. It's crazy. It's like, let's discourage other corporations from doing good things because if you try to do good things, you're going to get sued by miserable people who are going to class action you. This is, to- this is, this is a Scott's thoughts that's unfolded and someone's trying to keep them, keep them honest. That's <laughs> what it is. I have no way of verifying that, so don't sue me, CVS. So at the end <laughs> of the day, theory. if you get the ADA prompt at your CVS checkout, then, you know, maybe... Feel good about giving. I don't listen to Twitter, all the naysayers saying they're frauding everybody. They're not. They're giving the money. You're part of a good thing. Live your life. Move on. Wait, 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 wait. They're lithium. They're (laughs) lithium batteries for the left. All right. What else you got, Emily? (laughs) Great episode. Great episode. (laughs) I don't know. That is, I don't know what's a hotter take. You saying that CVS Scott's taught everyone or that you're saying Scott's taught is the greatest episode. Um, that's a it is the one episode I will never rewatch. <laughs> I watched it one time. I cannot do it. I watch do it, it and it's it's an episode for sure. Anyways, moving on from that. Um, the last thing I want to talk about is something that I know I'm freaking out about. I, Cameron's freaking out about. Hopefully y'all are freaking out about. Uh, Lana Del Rey announced that she is dropping her new album in March. Um, it is also arguably the world's longest name for an album. It's called Did You Know That There's a Tunnel Under Ocean Boulevard? a full sentence there if punctuation gets involved in your album title it is too long too long yeah yeah she did yeah. shorten the word boulevard to just blvd so okay thanks launch at the end she got kind of lazy but anyways um yeah. more more importantly than the ridiculous album title uh there's a lot of features on there with father john misty bleachers a few others and most specifically pastor judah smith is going to be on lana del rey's album is do we know the context of of what his of what his song is she she had tweeted about kind of like a thank you to a lot of the different collaborators and features on it and in her like her thank you to judah she said she thanked judah and chelsea smith quote for giving me good guidance even when they don't know they're giving guidance and for letting me record a part of his sermon for this record so she's gone to the church from what I can tell since about 2019. Um, you know, I don't know if she's a regular attendee or not, but she's been photographed there since 2019 at least. Um, so she's been there. She knows Judah Smith and Chelsea um, and some sermon. She, of his. she said, she said my pastor, Judah Smith. Right. I mean, she's, yeah, yeah, yeah. she self identifies as attending church home in LA and that she is a congregant and they are their pastor, her pastor. It's right. crazy. I had no idea. 
I no mean, idea. I think it's cool that it's a sermon, but wouldn't it be awesome. cooler if it was like, yeah, he's actually featured on saxophone on one show. <laughs> hey, who knew, man? He, the guy, <laughs> the guy can wail. He That'd can wail. I want it to be a random, like saxophone in a way almost makes sense. I need it to be like a piccolo, like something just random. He's got that secret talent, like run, like a, uh, like Parks and Rec dude. Uh, yeah. Oh, Ron Swanson. Yeah. yeah. Ron Swanson. Yeah. It's like it's a secret <laughs> yeah. life. Der- uh, Judah Smith is deeply embedded in the music scene in L.A. and nobody knows it. He's he's, he's like he, he he's like the hottest studio sax player yeah, in yeah. the business right, right now. Right. Like he's on everything. <laughs> right. You know. Yeah. Right. Judah Smith sax solo. I love it. Lana Del Rey. I am very intrigued to see how this turns out. Yeah. I'm a huge Lana Del Rey fan, but obviously yeah. her content isn't, you know, safe for little ears always. It's very sure. raw sometimes. And so it's like, Look, I don't even lie. Sometimes I don't even know what she'd be talking about. Like, and you know, I don't know if she does either. <laughs> yeah. I think sometimes she just says things like even look she at the just, album title kind of just feels like almost like a, was it Mad Libs? Whatever you just, you put in words and like nouns, actions. She's like, She's just sitting there at Beth Moore's ranch in Texas, looking at the bees and the trees and just having random thoughts pop in her head. And those become lyrics. And them yeah, joints become songs. Cause I'd be like, it sounds good, but I am not following the narrative at all. About, is this song, what, it, what is this song about? Like, and I, I'm not even gonna lie. I'll just be like, man, mate, this just might be a little too top shelf for me. I might need to get some, get some. This might be a little too white, right? I, well, I, just, I wasn't gonna say that. I was just gonna say, you know, I I may not be able to get, you know, what I'm saying the whistle pig or whatever. I might need like the Hennessy, like you know, what I'm saying, give me some Hennessy, maybe some E and J, so I can get this because. I just think this is a little Woodford, too Woodford reserved for me. (laughs) Have you guys ever, have you ever heard that song? It was making the rounds. It makes the rounds every once in a while on Twitter or wherever. And, but just to your point of just random lyrics that sound cool. There was a, an artist in France. and I think it was in the 1960s. He was a big pop star, but he was like frustrated that all of the hit songs were English and no one in France even knew English, but they were just, they'd like the way that the, a lot of the, the American pop songs sounded. Mm-hmm. And he didn't speak English, but he wrote a whole song with fake English, like words that sounds like he's speaking English, <laughs> but they're not actually words. <laughs> yes. And released it in France and became a number one hit. Can yes. I send it? Do you guys want to hear a Bro, clip? Oh, please. I want to hear it. I love <laughs> when people do stuff like that. Like that is my favorite. This is great. <laughs> I get words aside, it's a good song. It's actually kind of a banger. <laughs> hey, dude, it's a banger, bro. It's dope with it, too. All right. But he's saying words that sound like they're English. And if you're not a native English speaker, like, I don't know, sounds like an American <laughs> pop song. And it's just him speaking Ameri- like English gibberish. And I love it. Yeah. So that's your preview of the new Lana Del Rey album. Plus, <laughs> plus Judas Smith. Plus sex sermon. Yeah. <laughs> you know. What do you think the sermon's about? No, no. That's what like what Judas Smith sermon could possibly match up to a Lana Del Rey song. I, the possibilities are endless, really. But. I am I am so excited. All right. <laughs> That'll do it for the buzz. And I won't understand any of it. <laughs> Make so. sure to uh, follow relevantmagazine.com all day. We're covering the intersection of faith, life, culture, and justice. 
Thanks, Emily. All right, stay tuned up next. Bits in the Tantrums join us. Wish I could start this over. You're listening to The Rare Occasions. The song is Start This Over. It's Cohen's favorite band. Well, Relevant has a lot happening this year, and we don't want you to miss a thing. Make sure to sign up for our newsletter right there on the front page at relevantmagazine.com, and we'll send you our top five trending stories sent to your inbox every weekday. We'll also send you a weekly uh, podcast newsletter with the latest episodes, some uh, fan extras, and first peeks at the new shows that we're going to be rolling out throughout this year. Make sure to sign up. It's the best way to keep in touch with everything we got going on. Well, our guest today is the lead singer of Fitz and the Tantrums, Michael Fitzpatrick. You've heard their music on the podcast plenty of times over the years. We're big fans. They've been in the magazine as well, and they have just blown up. (laughs) Uh, They have a brand new album called Let Yourself Free. Uh, Michael sat down with Emily to talk about the band's new music and what's next for them. Here is our conversation with Michael Fitzpatrick from Fitz and the Tantrums. Well, I am really excited to speak with you about your new album. How does it feel to finally have it out in the world? I mean, it feels really good, you know? I mean, this is our, what, our fifth studio album. So the process is, you know, it's like a year and a half journey, maybe even a little bit more does from the start of thinking about making a record to it actually coming out. You work on it for so long, you have to be mean to your own music and throw away half the songs, even though you love them, but you know they're not good enough. and. And then, you know, as it's leading up to the music coming out, you get all this uh, anticipation and a little bit of anxiety. And then it finally comes out in the world. And that's that's the moment you're living for. You work so hard and then you put it out in the world. It's just amazing to see people listening to it and reacting and making little videos with it and stuff. I mean, it, it's 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 the best part. Really. Sometimes it feels like a boulder Sometimes the world makes it easy Sometimes it falls on your shoulders We say forever and ever But we don't I, I love this idea though of you know, you're like curating this theme for each album. I'm curious in your own words you know, what? how would you describe the theme for Let Yourself Free? I think, you know what sort of emerged from this uh, was this collective experience that we've all had not just in la not just in the united states but the whole friggin world the whole world just walked through a pandemic Mm -hmm. um and what a journey with so many downs some surprising ups for me that i was not expecting and this journey has been so challenging for everybody. Nobody's been able to escape it, whether you're red, blue, you live in an open state, a closed state, China, Europe, every, you've had to have dealt with this experience. 
Right. And, you know, during those, especially the early part of the pandemic, you know, I was doing like performing on Good Morning America in my backyard at 4.30 in the morning <laughs> because I had to be live singing to thousands of stu graduating seniors who are all on Zoom looking at me performing in my backyard for a national television show. I mean, so hoopty, like literally a <laughs> light bulb on a string in my backyard. We play at 4.30 in the morning. Then I run inside the house and we turn off all the lights and pretend like we're not there because I've just been belting at 4.30 in the morning out <laughs> in my neighborhood and waiting for the cops to come sh shut it down. So, so <laughs> many weird things about that time, but so many missed opportunities, so many missed weddings, delayed weddings, uh, missed graduation, didn't get to have their senior year, didn't get to have that freshman year college experience you know not having family is so much lo lost community and family mm. and i just feel like this record you know we were debating on at the end of the day two of the titles as the song as the title of the album and we have the opener tr opening track that's called good intentions and then there's let yourself free. And at the end of the day, it just came back to it had to be let yourself free because this is about a celebration of going out and doing all the things. We've all been cooped up for so long. We've all held back. We've all lost so much. So this is the moment to like shake off those cobwebs and chase those things you want and go be the fullest, best version of yourself. get that theme from the album like when i listen to it it does feel like a shake things off let's move like let's get going again so um i love that i think that's a great message especially like you said coming out of this pandemic and just everything we've dealt with um what was it like as an artist dealing with lockdown and pandemic like how did that kind of affect your your creativity if it did at all um I was on tour. The last couple of shows of our tour got shut, uh, got uh, cut short and came home. And for me, you know, as a touring musician, you know, there's all this fear as it started. You know, I randomly, strangely happened to be an avid historian of the Spanish flu of 1918. <laughs> so when this thing started to emerge, that's why I was like, to my wife, I was like, go do that big shop, you know, now. But as as the world got shut down, once the NBA got shut down, I was just like, oh, this is happening and this is going to be two years minimum. And everyone was like, you're crazy. I was like, mark my words. And every single one of my friends has come back and was like, you were the only one that said the, tr said the truth in the first early three to six months of the pandemic but for me the crazy thing was so i'm stressed out i'm like okay i'm not making any money i can't tour i can't perform this is how i make a living all this stress you had literally the hills of la burning on fire and we had had crazy floods or rains before that 
then you've got all this like social unrest, Black Lives Matter. It feels like the world's me uh, melting before our very eyes and disintegrating. So there's all this external stress, all this environmental stress, all this financial stress. And yet at the same time for me, as a guy who's been on the road nonstop for 14 years, it was the first time in 15 years that I got to go to bed in my bed every day, wake up in my bed every day, see my kids for breakfast and drop, you know, every morning, put them to bed and give them a kiss goodnight every night. You know, for me, after the first two weeks, that was a world's record of me being at home un uninterrupted. So to have like a year plus of just being at home, focusing on my wife and my family, I mean, it was a stressful time, but it was also, for me, given my career, kind of the best time in my life. I'm gonna be a big deal, be a big shot. Don't think too small, don't put me in a box. I'm a big deal, I'm a big shot. One thing that I just always love to ask artists before they leave, um, who are you listening to these days and where are you kind of getting some inspiration from? You know, the interesting thing for me as a guy that works with music all day, plays shows and stuff, is for many, many years, I didn't even own a home stereo. Because <laughs> when I'm not on stage or I'm not in the studio, the last thing I want to do is listen to music. My ears, their muscles like anything else, you've used them all day long. You're not, if you go lift weights all day long, you're not going to go home and lift more weights. And that's right. what it's like for a musician when you're asked to listen to music and we're always having to use our brain power to process all sound we hear. So for the longest time, I didn't even listen to anything, but I have a, a wife and kids that love music and love dance, uh, house dance parties and stuff. And we were locked in the house, so I kind of had to get back and fell back in love with listening to music. My my two artists of the pandemic, especially the first part that saved me and my wife and we live by were Remy Wolf and, uh, yes, absolutely. and Bakar, B-A-K-A-R, who's a British singer-rapper who is so diverse and so talented. Um, and then this year, I've been super into Dijon is another mm -hmm. guy that made an amazing record. I'm a sucker for pop music, so I'll listen to Dua Lipa or Doja Cat or anything any day of the week. But honestly, the record that I've loved the most this year, and I wanted to hate this record. Like, I was <laughs> determined to poo-poo this record. And... I couldn't because it's so friggin' good. Is Harry's House by Harry Styles? I love, I love that record. is so good. That was Michael Fitzpatrick. Make sure to check out Fitz and the Tantrums' new album, "Let Yourself Free." Out now. All right, stay tuned. Up next, it's your feedback.
listening to The Arcs. The song is Keep On Dreaming. Okay, it's time for your feedback. Uh, last week, we asked, you know it's Christmas season, so we wanted to know the most disappointing or worst Christmas gift you've ever received. You hit us up on Twitter, at Relevant Podcast, and here's a few of our favorites. Josh says that he got socks and $3 from his great-grandmother when he was nine, and he's never <laughs> forgot about it. Now, the socks I get, okay? I feel like... I remember I remember a sock Christmas for all the grandkids. You know? It was three dollars. It's the it's the increment of three dollars. It's well, no, very no, no. intentional. No, no, I know what it is. She had a five dollar or a ten dollar budget for every great grandkid, right? And so she spent yeah. seven dollars on the socks and just gave him the remainder so all the gifts were equal. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. It seems like a mistake. I think she accidentally dropped it in the bag or the box with the socks. Three dollars seems too random to give as a gift. Yeah, it's really funny. I got everybody socks for Christmas when I was a broke college student. And listen, Joyce Hawkins, my mother, and Destiny Parker, my sister, who will not let me live that down for the rest of my life. I yeah. promise. Like you, my mom literally we was on the phone yesterday. And she says, I'm not buying anybody a gift. Matter of fact, all I'm getting everybody is socks for Christmas like you did for me last time. I was like, oh, my God. Hey, but, but real talk, Derek, <laughs> you know she's rocking them socks because socks are one of those things. You, you, they say, were some tell good me, socks. They was fluffy and furry. I'm sure they were. That. I'm sure you know they were. Saying? I'm sure he didn't go, go for, you know, just like the Walmart bag. Like, I'm sure these were Derek, tell me the like truth. a big bag of socks. Tell us the truth. Tell us the truth. Did you buy them at Walgreens or CVS? Did you get them in that checkout line? Because sometimes they have those last minute oh, random no, Christmas it was, gifts. It was Walgreens. Like, I'm a man of, listen, I am a man of high character. It was Target. Okay. All right. You know what I'm saying? It, okay. oh, it was Target. Uh, listen, Derek, Derek, and here's why I'm going to s- state a short case okay. why socks are an actually incredible gift. Here's another take, guys. Okay, Come I'm not on. even bringing this. This is why I'm not on Twitter. I got to preserve Save me. This. I'm going to send this to my mama. <laughs> Look, <laughs> open, open any, any, any socks drawer. Okay, I, I'm speaking from experience here. Uh huh. There, there are maybe five pairs of actual usable socks in there. Either there's a whole right. one, there's weird dress socks or like mm-hmm. novelty socks mm-hmm. that are off to the side that mm-hmm. someone got you like, oh, you like, you know, this sports team. I'm going to buy you these socks. Yeah, you might wear to bed every once in a while, but they're not going to work in the na- normal vibe. Mm-hmm. It, it, you got you. It's a tight rotation at the end of the day when you're talking about usable socks. Okay, right, you right. might have a whole drawer full. Right. But when when we're talking no holes, they fit up on the ankle well. Uh, it's, a, it's a good fit. I'm talking. You maybe it's a tight rotation, and you're lying if you're telling me it's wrong. The other thing is, no one thinks about buying socks. That's no right. one's like, I need to go sock shopping today, right. or I'm out. There's That's socks right. on the list. You only think about your need for new socks when you're at the end of the rotation. Come on. Therefore, if someone just gives you them, it opens up the rotation and you don't need to think about it anymore. Am I wrong here? No, you're not wrong. So take that, mom. The most adult, lavish, splurge thing I ever did for myself, self-care. This was during the Mm -hmm. pandemic. Mm -hmm. I was like, you know Mm -hmm. what? I emptied out the stock drawer that you just described, Jesse. I was like, I don't need mm-hmm. all these randos. I don't know where the half yeah. of them are. I could literally yeah. got mm-hmm. rid of all those socks and went to mm-hmm. Bombas.com and got myself only premium Bombas, wow. perfectly fitting socks. And all I have in my sock drawer is Bombas. It is the most bougie thing about my life is my sock Come drawer on. right now. Because I agree with you. 
Nothing it's like not a good pair of thing, socks. But it, it, it's sure. not the most bougie thing, but it's a bougie thing. But, but it's not, not the nothing, most. nothing like a good <laughs> pair of luxury socks on your feet. I'm saying. I agree with you, Jesse. All right. It's true. So, Derek, kudos to you. Kudos to you. I guarantee she's wearing them socks. She's wearing Look, them. If she didn't like them, she don't have to wear them. I'm sorry. Right, back you, to mama. the feedback. Back to the feedback. All right. Twyla, <laughs> Twyla Kuntz said it was the 90s. She was 18. She got a purple and teal nylon tracksuit. Not too bad. Until her mom went into her closet and pulled out the exact same one. Her mom claimed she accidentally bought them matching tracksuits. But the, <laughs> the Christmas gift was matching tracksuits with your mother. When you're 18 years old, <laughs> that's pretty bad. All right. So listen, I'm not going to do feedback, but I'm just going to yeah. tell my pain story. Do it. Because, because mom... Just for the socks, I got to get you back. So look, I'll never forget this as long as I live. I was 11 years old. It was my birthday. My birthday is December 16th. Mom had already had Christmas presents under the tree, mm -hmm. right? And we also had, um, we also had, uh, what was it? Like, you know, Christmas at uh, school. So like you had to give your friends uh, gifts or whatever. Mom comes home after working real hard. Now, my mom worked real hard. She used to work like 40, 50 hours a week. But she come home and she forgot my birthday. She goes under the Christmas tree, gives me one of the gifts from under the Christmas tree. But then, then she also forgot to get the gift for the person at school. So I had to give up another one of the gifts because all the stores was closed by the time she got home. So I let her have it. It Every sounds year. like Derek. It sounds like to me mm -hmm. that the, the sock thing. You're reframing the story here. Re it might be passive aggressive. <laughs> payback. Oh, you think? That's, that's, that's you what think? it was. That's what it was. The sock thing was a passive aggressive I, payback. I'm questioning. I'm questioning if you even got those socks from Target. <laughs> <laughs> revenge socks. <laughs> they was revenge socks for forgetting your birthday. He sounds like yes. they were purchased at a store that, that that clothing isn't the primary thing they sell. You know, that could be it could be the CVS checkout. It's on it, like like, it, super, it was like a, it was like a uh, auto zone or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mom forgot my birthday. I forgot mom's Christmas present. I'm at the CVS checkout. Here's some socks. That's it. I was on a road trip at a truck stop and bought you some socks. Enjoy. Truck stop socks. We give each other, we give each other problems every year. I just let y'all into one of the, the Funnest jokes. Like we go back and forth on this for days. So Bucky socks. <laughs> Bucky some, socks. That's some quick trip socks. That's what she's got this year. Yeah. I got these from QT and I and with the three dollars grandma left me, I got a big goal. Three dollars is actually real talk. I was thinking about this while we were ranting it's, about the it's sock useful, thing. bro. Three dollars? If, so if you if you find three bucks in your wallet, you're like I, I'm buying a snack today. Yeah. I am getting a cold drink or a snack. If it's five bucks, you're like, I should probably hold on to that $5 right. bill. You're you know right. what I mean? I'm probably, $3 is actually the perfect increment True. where you guilt-free spend it on, on, on some chips or something. That's am I true. wrong? No, it's, it's a great increment. If you reach in your pockets, everyone's stoked to find a 20, but you know that 20 is just, is being, it's a 20. You're not just going to go blow it. Right. 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 You're going to save it. You reach in, you find three bucks. It's like, I'm spending three bucks today. I know that. Vending machine, here I come. Exactly. That is interesting. That's true, though. Yeah. It's the perfect increment. All right. Well, that'll do it for last week's There's More, where that came from. 
Uh, go hit the replies on Relevant Podcast on Twitter. Okay, it's time for this week's editorial question of the week. Hey. Uh, we were talking, you know, Beth Moore, Twitter, and uh, self owns and Twitter burns, t- tweet burns, and uh, alpha males and all that stuff. We want you to send us your favorite, the, your favorite Twitter burn that you've ever seen. Maybe it was like a funny insult maybe it was a cell phone maybe it was a well, we want to know your favorite twitter burn you know you screenshotted it you know it's in your photos just send that on in that's what we want hit us up on twitter at relevant podcast and uh or you can uh, hit us up on ig as well this is going to be interesting i saw one a great one out in the wild this week it was just because it was just unexpectedly savage like you know those stories that come up every once in a while i i re- i feel like it's a running joke in this pod and the headline was like, it was something along the lines of 101-year-old man uh, reveals that his daily Coors Lights are secret to longevity. And like Coors Light re- you know, tweeted out this headline from this old guy who lived. And Sam Adams replied, interesting, we heard it's always good to drink a lot of water. Just savage. <laughs> just, <laughs> Very good. just savage from like grocery store you know, good. beer brands. Pretty good. If you're on Twitter... And you put something out there. You got to be ready for the burn. Wendy, Wendy's is still still up there as the brand burns and humor goes. Wendy's is still yeah. on it. They had a moment, but they, they sustained it. Good for them. Anyway, all right, hit us up. Yeah. Uh, send us in your favorite Twitter burns. Well, before we wrap things up, I want to thank Michael Fitzpatrick for joining us today. Make sure you check out Fitz and the Tantrum's new album, Let Yourself Free. It's available now. Um, also, I mentioned the podcast uh, playlist earlier in the show, right? What, if you're in the mood for some Christmas music, we got a little gift for you. A very relevant Christmas uh, playlist is also available on Spotify. It's like 200 and something songs and no Mariah Carey. It's a good list. You should. I have it on shuffle in my car, like nonstop. You should go check it out. Uh, also, make sure to visit relevantmagazine.com every day uh, for the latest at the intersection of faith, culture, life justice um lots of stuff happening uh and make sure to follow us on all the socials as well it's i don't know if you've noticed but we've been posting a whole lot more stuff lately uh it's it's fun we we got some things cooking we got some things cooking for 2023 okay on that note we'll wrap it i'm cameron string i'm jesse carey i'm Derek minor i'm emily brown we'll see you next week For listening to the relevant podcast check out our features interviews and news updates every day at relevantmagazine.com and make sure to follow relevant on facebook twitter and instagram for the latest for more great podcasts browse the shows on the relevant podcast network which you can find at our site and while you're there don't miss the all-new era of relevant magazine a new issue releases every other month at relevantmagazine.com I have no way of verifying that, so don't sue me, CVS. It's a theory. Relevant Podcast Network.
What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.